Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is the Shaheen of House Alvande, first of his name, king of the dank woolies and the first burnouts, lord of the adventure tourer, and protector of the Braps, we just call him Mr. Shaheen Alvande! You know, when I wake up in the morning, I put my pants on like every other man, two feet at a time, and uh, start my day with a hearty cup of tea. It's good to be an Alvandi. It is. It's good to be an Alvandi. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Blessed be the Braps. <laughs> Blessed be the dra- Braps. The dra- I almost called it the Draps. The Draps. Blessed be the Draps that you put over your windows to keep the light out. The Draps is something <laughs> you get when you go to a dive bar on a Tuesday night and... You know, you have one too many uh, Mountain Dews on ice, and then you wake up in the morning, and you can't find your car keys, and your pants are down around your ankle, and you're like, ooh, I got to go see the clinic because I got those draps. Ooh, the draps. The draps is a case of spiked Mountain Dew, is what Jensen's saying. Also, for some reason, we start sounding like we live in Chicago when hey. we talk about this, or maybe it's in New York City. I can't my, my quite tell. My buddy Tony can get you a Mountain Dew at a hey, price. Hey, Tony Six Fingers, he can get you whatever <laughs> you want. Our accents are uh, just all over the place. I, you know, it's uh, I've I've had a day of accents. I don't know why I've been doing a lot of accents today. Accents or accidents? Accents. Oh, I almost saw an accident on the way to your house That's today. Right you did, didn't you? Yeah, a cyclist nearly got taken out by a fucking Toyota Tacoma. That wasn't me. <laughs> I'm just clarify <laughs> what, that right it? now. Was it you? It wasn't. It was a. I feel it was like a, you protested. It was much. a black one, dark, dark, dark super gray dark one, gray. super dark gray one. And I mean, it's 4:30, so it was pitch black outside. You know how it is around here. 4:30. It, it legitimately gets super dark at 4:30. I was What's, just today. What day? Today is the 14th. Ooh, one more week, and then the days get longer. Okay, so we are almost there. Almost there. Seven more days. But it's it's darkest before the dawn. The darkness is coming. Really, that's the song? winter is coming. Winter is coming. Oh yeah, let's keep it on the Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, winter's coming. I brought you an extra large uh, bottle of Mountain Dew. A lot of Mountain Dew. I feel like that is going to make a rowdy show. That's just I want you to be <laughs> hydrated because, as uh, Team Ant says, hydrate or dihydrate. <laughs> that is not hydration. That's just giddy up. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. That is a best of luck to everybody else. Coda Kitty, you're not sleeping tonight. <sighs> Daddy gonna be partying, watching his games. So I'll be up all night. Yeah, could help me last night because I was up until two a.m. doing stupid new bike stuff that we'll talk about. Ooh. Towards the end of the show. It's my last bullet point. Oh, new yeah. bike stuff at the end of the show. End of the show. Keeping the best for last? Uh, No. Not, I mean, depends what you're into. I, well. The, all the long walks and the beach. All the, ba- and, all the bikes are equal and it's brappiness's eyes. Blessed be the braps. Blessed be the braps. Blap, blap. Something's wrong with me today, man. I can't quite get my brap or my blap or my drap down. <laughs> you gotta sort that out. It's I'm drinking a Fanta while you're having a Mountain Dew. Yeah. I, you know the last time I had Mountain Dew? I was sitting on this couch. You gave me it. That sounds right. I feel like for a lot of people, the last time they had a Mountain Dew was probably with me. I feel like for Christmas, I should buy like a case of it for you. Oh, please don't. I mean, I just signed up for like a, a fitness app thing and do did. all that. I know. I got to You might be the reason I go over the edge with this whole cycling thing. Let's do it. Let's get on it. Oh man, are we gonna do the thing? I gotta. I gotta. I'm not. I'm weight. not doing the Peloton thing, bro. That's no, too expensive. No, no, no. Fuck that. That is such a racket. That's what like three grand to start out with, plus like I don't know, however many dollars a month. Just what does to, it come with? I mean, the bike. It comes with a bike, and the bike's got like basically like a 
20 inch TV on it. It's got a screen, but, but I have a 70 inch TV at home. That's the thing. I just signed up for the Apple fitness thing. Cause I'm already like hooked in. Oh, so you're going to plop the thing down right here in front of your TV. I'm put it right, right there. Can you wheel it out of here when you're done? Or is that yeah, going to be a permanent wheel fixture? It over under right over there. Okay. In that corner that nobody else can see. Yeah. I mean, um, like, I mean, it's not great. Like, yeah. Hey, there's a spin bike in my living room, but like I live by myself. Do you think we can get to the point where we can do a, a, sh- a, a show while riding our bicycles in each other's houses? I mean, how many wards do you think I can get in before vomiting? <laughs> Hi, welcome to, to Rap Talk, and I'm going <laughs> to... I mean, we could do it. I just don't think anyone wants to listen to it. Probably not. Nobody wants to listen to me <laughs> like, breathe heavily they, like, while I ride. Why does it sound like the wrestling? <laughs> uh, welcome to Coleslaw Wrestling? <laughs> so, the new... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, uh, Braddy, Braddy Little Stepsisters that no one ever asked for is on her little, like get in shape regime which i'm oh, not yeah. a part of i'm in protest of because obviously she's my mortal enemy now so she is so um, wait you I'm, I'm doing my own jam she told me something the other day oh she said something 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 kramer something something she well I've i been don't work- think the world's ready for that i've been working oh man do you want to bring some news today yeah okay when news breaks brap fixes it we're gonna we're gonna wrap some news out because i have i have two things i had one planned for today but i forgot about this other one <laughs> so i've got some kramer goss and then Ooh. i got some some harley goss that i could share with you have you seen the new harley davidson pan america ad on youtube every time you got on there it's the first thing that pops up for it's me like every ad on asphalt and rubber right now and i'm kind of like i have two words for you jason momoa I don't like Jason Momoa. What the fuck? How the f- who? How do you look at that human being and not get a little chubby? Overrated. God damn it, Jason. He's overrated. He he was really good in C. I, I enjoyed C on the Apple TV. He's where you can't see anything, but it's called C. Exactly. Huh. Ironic. It's all ironic. It's a little weird. The best part of but that it, it, ad is that he just like in the first snippet of it, and then some other dudes doing all kinds of writing. And then you see his face again. You're I like, just don't care. Yeah, Jason Momoa. He is a bro dude who can. I just ride a motorcycle. I understand that like he's a thing right now. That there's men and women around the world that are like Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I Jason just Jason Momoa. I'm not, I'm he's not, not. He's not my jam. Do you think sex sells? I do. To I'm an sh- extent, I think sex sells sex. But I think Harley should have probably consulted Envy Augusta and had Jason Momoa be naked. I feel like, like see this the thing I feel saying like things like orange, because <laughs> that's the color of Harley. Yeah, I get it. I hear you get doing. It? You with me? <laughs> I hear you doing. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like Harley's whole thing with Jason Momoa. I'm just like it's the same thing with the uh, Long Way Up. I'm like, just don't care. Uh, you know, uh, it's like my shop. I'm the sex symbol there. Uh, you guys did the Manigali. I care about that. That was cool. That was cool. I kind of want to do it again, but I feel like we've done it. So nah. maybe with kittens. I was going to call it Managali V4 point V4 point R and we're going to use a V4R for it. And then I was like, ah, I had to think about that too much. Work on that branding. Yeah. Work on that. Um, what were we talking about? Bratty little stepsister. Right. Gossip. So I've been working on her to get a Kramer. She's, she's going to bump up to middleweight. Probably lose to me every race, but you know, I, I mean, humility is something that needs to be taught the hard way. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you guys are going to be in so much trouble if she gets on a Kramer. <laughs> I think it'd be cool. Well, she raced a Kramer at the Ridge uh, at the final round of last season. Did pretty well. Right. 
Um, you know, I think a little bit more time on that bike, she would have done a lot better too. So it could be, it could be fun. Um, she needs to bump up into some sort of bike. So, uh, the, the kicker is, and this is, this is the problem with everyone on a Kramer the price tag. You're, yeah. you're a Kramer dealer. Oh yeah. The price tag is not cheap. Nope. So what if, and I'm just spitballing here. What if you could get into a Kramer for under 15 grand? That'd, and, be, that'd and, be crazy. And it maybe doesn't have like all the super fancy shit yeah, like on the it. S model or like, whatever. Like exactly. Like it literally would be like what the S model right. used to be like what I bought. And I think like if you can just pitch it a little bit differently and say like, Hey, here's 15 grand. It's a Kramer. You can line up on the grid today and race with it. It doesn't have all the fancy parts on it. You're probably going to want to upgrade it, but because it's kind of, you gets know, you in it, it's basic suspension it's basic brakes it's cast wheels like it's stuff that like yeah you're gonna want to upgrade it but you can upgrade it with what you want and you can right. upgrade it over time right this is like you know you can race your first season with its stock and be like okay i want to upgrade the brakes for next season and do that and that's part of your program that would be a very interesting thing and i i have this in mind when i think of hannah and i think like that would be a good option for for you know anyone that's kind of sitting there going like hey i want to get into our club calls it middleweight. Most clubs call it lightweight for this price because 15 grand, like unless you're going to just go super budget with like an SV650. Right. Which is why you see so many of them. On the track. Which is why you see so many of them. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to get an FZ07. Okay. By the time you make an FZ07 competitive, you're spending 13, 14, 15 right. grand. That's the same story with, you know, a Kawasaki. It's going to be the same story with this Aprilia RS660. You're going to spend like 11 grand to get one. You're going to spend another probably two to five, depending on what you want to do. So basically what you're saying is $15,000 seems to be like the number if that you, someone needs to commit to in order to get into this middle slash lightweight. A race winning bike. Yes. Right. If just to go out and have fun, absolutely. You can do it for cheaper, but like something at the pointier end, you're going to spend 15 grand. Then, then yeah. I mean, if that is, if you can convince the, the racing public that that is a normal price, and they can just then plop down the money and have a race-ready motorcycle. Yeah, absolutely. Because currently, an R model costs like oh, I'm sorry, not an R, but an S model costs twenty, twenty, almost eighteen, nineteen. Like, I'm sorry, a, which one? What are you? I lost track. Which one are you talking about? What's the cheapest Kramer you can buy right now? There's only the R, and it's like twenty-two-five or whatever. Oh, okay, it is. so so is there an R and then a GP two? The GP two is the two-cylinder eight ninety. That's yeah. a different platform. Yeah. That's a whole different bike. So they don't even make an S anymore. It's just There's an no R S now, and that's twenty three grand, twenty twenty some odd thousand dollars. There hasn't been an S since I think my year was the last year. Okay. Maybe twenty nineteen was the last so year. So the question is though, now for Kramer, and I'm sure Joe Kramer Joe can answer this the best. What do they have to do in order to make it profitable for them to sell a track ready bike at fifteen thousand dollars or less? It's basically it's a lot of. Uh, my understanding would be a lot of like. KTM type parts, Husqvarna type parts. Mm-hmm. So like stuff from the Viplin, stuff from the 690 Duke. Um, we're talking wheels, brakes, uh, suspension. Um, so that's that's the big thing where like my understanding would be be like uh, it'd be cast wheels, yep. five inch rear, uh, straight from the Viplin, suspension straight from the Viplin, brakes straight from the Viplin. And those are not great. Actually, is the suspension from the Viplin? I don't think that's true. I think it's from the 690 Duke. Anyways, basically taking it out of the KTM Husqvarna parts bin for those type of components that are the most commonly upgraded components. And then 
I think the smart side of it is here's your basic bike. Here's your, here's your S model, $15,000. And here's some Kramer turnkey package. Like you want to do the brake package? You want to upgrade your brakes? We've got a brake package for you that we'll sell you. You right. want to upgrade your suspension? We already figured out where, you know, here are, the, here are the forks you can buy or here's the cartridges you can install or here's the rear shock you can replace. You want better wheels? We've got wheels. And make it more like you can get into it for 15 grand and then a la carte your way up to what you want. Yeah, nothing you're saying here is new. It's not crazy. That's I mean, that's people people do that in the motorcycle world all the time. It's I was actually sort of making fun of that on Saturday. It's almost as if the manufacturers know you're going to update certain things. So they don't really like yeah, they put a you know, a rear license plate holder on there, but they have to do it based on laws of how far and how tall and how wide. But they know you're gonna take that off. It's almost like a given. Yeah. Which is why there's so many companies, just in the Ducati world, there's a myriad of choices for what kind of a tail tidy you want to get for this thing. So point is, I don't think that's a far-fetched idea. What you have. I actually think it's a good idea. The The thought process I had about this was it, it kind of reminds me of like the Ducati Scrambler. Kind of a base level bike. Yep. And then there's a lot of aftermarket, like there's the touring package and there's the off-road package and there's the cafe racer package and it's all about customizing it. You know, like the Ducati business model for Scrambler is all about customizing it after the customer. Yeah, personalization. And they don't leave the dealership without having bought an exhaust, a skid, you know, guard, a t-shirt, hand warmers, and like four other things from your parts and accessories department. Mm-hmm. I kind of like think about the same way where it's like, you know, you're selling them a $15,000 bike, but you're also trying to sell them one or two packages that are kind of preset things, you know, from Kramer. And then you have the upside of also then you can push it to the service department like, oh, and we get we get those from Kramer. Right. And you can install them if you want, but we can install them for you too and then just hand over your turnkey custom bike for you. Yeah, and the hope is that at that level of racing, the person who's doing that probably has a pretty decent idea of what they need and what they don't need. I think it's a doable um, idea. Okay. I don't think it's impossible. I think it's actually probably pretty easy especially for a company like Kramer I think they're small enough that they can try these little ideas and see you know whether it works or not probably a good bet that if you offer a full race ready bike for $15,000 it'll be more successful than say a $32,000 one I I understand that are vastly different machines but just looking at the lowest common denominator who's going to be just a person who comes out and goes hey I want to get into Omer racing and uh you know I've been riding a R3 for the last season and I'm ready to get into a Kramer and I think that this is smart money if I spend $15,000 on there um, but then they have to be educated and hopefully know that okay at $15,000 this is the base package Yeah, you're going to probably go do a couple of race sessions on this thing and go okay it needs XYZ based on my needs and my writing style um, I feel like especially with Kramer I mean having worked with Joe he's so flexible and he really wants to have he gives every customer the same effort, I think. Which is crazy. It's amazing. I don't know where he has the bandwidth to do it. But I think that also goes along along with what I'm saying. They're small enough that he can afford to do that for now. And they're probably going to be a point in life where it's going to be big enough where Joe's going to have to split his duties into maybe a couple of people. But he, he literally, the last couple of customers that I saw him interact with, it was as if that person bought a Bugatti Veyron. Like he flies in, he talks to you, he takes notes, he handles it, and then he follows up with you and you get on the track knowing that the guy, the guy, took care of everything for you. Yeah. I was doing the math the other day. 
I would not have won my class championships without Joe. And without, especially without Joe being at the track right. that, that weekend, you know, playing pit crew for like the eight Kramers that were there that day. And you were just one of the Kramers. I was just one of them. Right. And I wasn't getting any special treatment, even though I bought that motherfucker lunch. So, you know. You did. You know, just saying. Uh, was helping out a certain rival in the points instead of instead of me. The guy didn't even have a Kramer. But that's just Joe. But that's really, I mean, that's Joe, though. That's Joe. That's, so how cool is that that we get to talk yeah. about a, I mean, such a neat customized motorcycle and be like, oh, yeah, also the dude that handles their business will actually take care of you. He's all right. If you write to him, he will write you back. Pretty good with cats. Uh, so I've heard. Pretty decent <laughs> with humans. Pretty, pretty decent with humans, but better with cats. Wait, does this mean you have to do another wintertime road trip out to the middle of the tundra? Uh, no, it's going to come. Uh, I think I'm going to be reunited with it in California. Ah. My my racing plan right now is uh, I want to win the 1C plate at Omra. I want to dethrone. The Game of Thrones is on. Racing is coming. Dethrone the bratty bratty rat sister. She is super bratty. Get my get my 1C plate. Maybe try and do the same thing in Warmer since we're going to share a bunch of rounds with Whoa. them. Whoa! I saw the I saw the schedule schedule recently. Yeah, looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. I've never raced at Pacific, and I still don't have a lot of race experience at the Ridge, so that makes it a little bit tougher. But um, you know, it's not not undoable. Uh, and then before that season kicks off, I want to get one or two rounds at CVMA done just to warm up and and get going. Which is probably where the Kramer would would meet me. Joe was talking about coming out for a CVMA round and getting some Kramer people down there. Your new um, bicycle venture sounds uh, reasonable. Now I understand why you're doing this. Yes, yes. So when are we having burgers? Yeah, I know, right? I'm bringing you burgers <laughs> tomorrow. I'm gonna finally make good on my on my burger my burger bet. Uh, assuming I can get out of bed in time. Um, Just, you know, here's the problem. Tomorrow's Tuesday and he's not open. So are you serious? I am deadly serious. He's open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I, I legitimately, legitimately on Saturday night spent an hour trying to find food at 7.55 p.m. Oh, no, no. Like everyone was closing at yeah, 8 no, and no, closed no. their kitchen at like yeah. 7.30. I'm Absolutely. like, how do you close a kitchen at 7.30 on a Saturday night? Like I know it's COVID and things Nobody are Nobody goes weird. out anymore, Jensen. We're all at home playing video games. Still, like... Like this is the land of people who don't cook. Like everyone's getting takeout anyways. I am really good at cooking now. Yeah, I'm well, I know you are. You were good at cooking before. I got COVID. even better. Like I can bake now. That's a whole other level. Right? I learned how to measure. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like an exercise in like it's precision. Science. And measuring. Baking is science. Cooking is just magic. Art BBD bop throw shit together and boom, you have jambalaya. Is cooking art? Yeah, cooking okay. is art. I think. I just want to state for the record that nothing that we've talked about in this first half an hour of the show was on my bullet points. If we ever do a show where we do cover your bulletin in the first half hour, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> they're more like guidelines than rules. Yeah, they're just kind of. Um, so you know, Tony Shaheen, what have you been doing on motorcycles? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I've been doing now is going to work it. every day. Have you been doing anything? Because I, I literally have been doing nothing. I haven't either. I, I hate to say it. I haven't done much of anything motorcycle related the last week. I did clear out all the leaves down my driveway. Ooh. So, so next time like, I ride to your house. It's not super treacherous I'm anymore. I'm terrified over there. Ooh, guess what? We just got into the shop. Uh, number two of KTM number... 690. <laughs> <Supermoto>. <laughs> Is my uh, bike still there? That's all I want to know. You got to come by and look at it. Oh, Jesus. Tell me. Um, number two of three super Legeras. Mm. I did see that on the uh, social medias. God pretty okay dang bike. Dang it, that's a pretty bike. It's pretty okay. Blah. 
like the the you know, I've been around all the Superleggeras and the D16, and it's like you you look at them one by one, and it's like, oh yeah, it got better. Oh yeah, it got better. Oh wow, it got even better. Somehow they made it even better. That that bike is just talk about art. It doesn't suck. It does not suck. But I'll never ever ever just get over the fact that it costs hundred thousand one mil one hundred thousand dollars one million trillion gazillion dollars. Is that a million pennies? Can't do the math in my head. Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? It's a hundred. Mm, no yeah yeah no no help us do math we're not good at math we're good at riding motorcycles in brap i trust amen it's it's a million braps like we're like is it with hold on carry oh, the God. one is it okay you got a me, sales me, me, guy me. and a lawyer trying to do math that's actually <laughs> pretty good at math <laughs> are you though are you <laughs> it's just extra zeros I think that's 10 million pennies. You got to add... You gotta a add million dimes. A million dimes. Ooh. Because it's a 10. What's up? Um, yeah, it's... Dang it to heck. Every time I see the bike, I just said dang it to heck. <laughs> what are we in church? Damn it to hell. It's so fucking <laughs> pious, pretty. Pious shame. I, I, you know, oh, First you know why I'm not cursing? I just realized why I wasn't cursing. My mom asked about the podcast. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, it's this. She goes... Oh my goodness, Shine John, I want to listen to it. I was <laughs> like, nah, okay. Um, here's the link to episode one. Best of luck. Crickets, I am very glad sense. that my mom does not know how to operate the podcasting app. I don't think my mom does either. She just wanted to be part of the conversation with me. She does like commenting on the Facebook posts. She though, does. And the and the Instagram posts. Mama B, don't mess around. She yeah. can get on that Facebook and post yeah, and like gets, and stuff. So, anyways, my mom, my mom's biggest concern. I used to, I still do. I like doing a little creative writing here and there. She used to always be like my biggest fan of my writing. She would say, "Shaheen, you know, I really like your writing very much, but I have to ask you: Do you have to f- curse so much? Do you have to fucking curse? Do you have so to much? fucking say fuck so fucking many fucking times? You little times? fucker! What the fuck is wrong with you? I can't do a Persian accent. <clears throat> no, I'm trying to figure out what accent you came up with. You little fucker! It's like wow. kind of. Sound like kind of like, like Gru from in Despicable Me. I hate that guy. It's kind of like a Fargo meets Germany. <laughs> um, I, I think your go-to is basically Fargo slash Russia. Russian, yeah. All my accents eventually merge into Russian, Russian. over a long enough uh, time frame. Somebody living in that area from Russia is like finally someone who understands. I dated a Russian, so I'm blaming her. You did. You did. Coda is literally the reason we broke up coda shit all over her apartment she's like i'm done with both of you i believe coda was done I'm with both of you done as well with, right I'm done with these shenanigans i mean they say dogs are a great uh <laughs> judge of character and cats are assholes i don't know <laughs> yeah 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 uh tell me about your bulletin points are they exciting are they <laughs> colorful did you number them or are they just little dots no, they're little, i did the dots um i have down i am not riding an rs660 at chuck wall today thanks aprilia still in the penalty box for, and you're uh, still talking nicely that. about it i mean actually we'll we'll know today i should touch base with the the journalist they did invite Ooh. so yeah not riding a chuck wall um not super stoked about that but whatever oh you win some you lose some jensen and if 2020's taught you anything is sometimes you lose some more often than not Sometimes you just do your job and you get penalized for being good at your job. Uh, that's cool. I've been I've been bitter party of your one. Your table's <laughs> ready. 
to uh, overcome that, I've been reading a lot about quantum physics. Just, just <laughs> you know, because why? In case you start dating a girl with a double doctorate in quantum physics, you have something to talk about. When you're, when you're single, you got to up your game. So I got some headshots. I've been studying a lot of quantum physics. Nice. Uh, I got a fitness app. You know? I, I told you to let me write your bio last week, and you were like, no. <laughs> I do need to redo my bio. My bio is horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been reading about the uh, relativity of simultaneity. I don't know is, what that means. I, I sell motorcycles, bro. It's just fascinating. It's if you this is this is so fucked up. We're talking about this. This is not even close to motorcycle podcast. I'm today. glad you're reading and learning this stuff. Tell me, tell me in your awards what does this mean? I mean, it's it's not. I mean, I was about to say it's not a complicated thing. It's totally a complicated thing. It's no big deal. It's just about atoms and neurons. It, it comes from Einstein's theory of relativity and all that. And so, if you kind of take it in like a certain way. You could understand it to mean that like your future is preordained. Oh, like like we don't have free will, and like the future is a set thing. Whoa! If you want to like, I think that's more like if you squint at it. (laughs) I don't know. It's got me thinking. Dang it! Talk about the dynamics of it. How are you supposed to? I should back it up. I watched the movie Tenant the other night, and that's what kicked this whole off. Got it. Which is an amazing movie. You should absolutely watch it. it. You have to watch it like eleven times for it to make any sort of sense. All right. This is kind of like saying the sunlight that you see now is from eight minutes ago. Exactly. Right? So there's a little bit of that. The, the, the concept basically boils down to like at great enough speeds and at great enough distances, it's impossible to say that there's like a common set of reality and time because it, it gets too mish, mishmashy. Basically. It's too fluid. Listen, Brap Talk listeners, here's what you should take from this. Next time you're on your motorcycle and you whiz past a cop and they pull you over and they say you're going too fast, you can say, no, you know, based on my perception, you were going too slow. In my reality. In my reality, 100 miles an hour is normal. Yeah. In your reality, it's not. But here we are and you win because you have a gun. I mean, this Lorenz transformation thing, it really only like occurs at like speeds nor like near the speed of light. Like at relative speeds for us, it's not so so, so great. Like it exists. That's like the that's, thing, though. We're, that's where we get the airplane, you know, flying around the Earth, comes back, and it's like a second slower than right. the ground. It's just a but. second is so non-effective in our world. Like we don't think of a second as being anything more than oh, it's gone. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like you know, at that sort of distance that you're talking about with going to the Andromeda, as your example, pretty far. It's super duper far. There's a book set I was reading back in the day, the the Ender's uh, saga. Ender's Game. Well, all of them. Yeah. But they talk about, you know, like so-and-so gets on a ship and leaves and goes and does stuff. And he, by the time he comes back, yeah, he's only 35 years old, but like three generations have passed. Same thing. Right? Same thing. It's crazy. Like, just There is no way all this was a bulletin point. Look it up. It's interesting. I'm, I'm going to know. It's interesting. I'm going to just watch the movie. Can I, I'm going to get the... the, the and watch Tenet. You want to watch it? We should watch Tenet after this. I'm okay. down to watch it again. I'll watch it. So I got to figure that shit out. Good movie. Uh, Denzel Washington's son. He's really good. Is that who it is? Yeah. He is really good. He's really good. He's in uh, Ballers. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. Yep. I think like Ballers is kind of, eh, it's like the sports version of Entourage. He's also in that movie, The Black Klansman. I couldn't make it through Black, Klan- Black Klansman. It was pretty good. It was really yeah. good. Yep. I think like something came up when I got like a third of the way through it and I haven't gone back to it. Oh, really good. You should finish it. He's good. I like what, I like what he's in. Um, bu- 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 you want to break some more news? Fuck yeah. So I've been I've been talking to some some people. I've been hitting the hitting the pavement looking for some infos. Oh, on what? Um got some infos on well let's back it up a little bit. 
Harley Davidson is coming out with the Pan America 1250 adventure bike. We've right. known this for a while. Yep. Uh, the we've got like a a reveal date. I guess is the best way to describe it. So Which is? they're going to have like a. They're going to beat the Centenary 700 to the punch. Wait, no. wait, wait. That's already out. Pretty close to it, though. <laughs> um, so they're having a specific event for the Pan America on February 22nd, but I believe they're doing like a general 2021 model year overview on January 19th, I believe is okay, the date. So we've got about a month and five days. Yeah, January 19th. Okay. Um, Which is kind of weird because it's like, why are there two dates? But... Like, like I was saying, like there's so many freaking Harley Davidson ads on my site right now, and they're all hawking this. I'm sure they're spending crazy money this, on this thing. This, this, I mean, they didn't <clears throat> advertise with me directly, which would have been great because Daddy gets a little bit more of that taste. But whatever. Mm. Um, you know, also get my Mountain Dew out of it. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. Like they're definitely making a big push, which was what caught my eye the most. So, um, over the last couple of weeks, been trying to percolate some information on this thing, and. Uh, I think I'm ready to spill some beans. Okay. I'm ready. I'm excited, actually. The the Bothan spies say we're looking at a price tag between seventeen and twenty thousand. There's obviously gonna Ooh, be multiple trim. I guessed this last night. Did you? Yep. I was talking to my uh, my best friend and uh he said how much do you think it's gonna be? I said it's gonna be I said eighteen to twenty. Yeah. I think I think the top of the line, top of the line will be under twenty though, hmm. is my understanding. And then there'll be like a more bare bones one that'll be closer to seventeen. Hmm. Wow. Wow. I was just being optimistic with my speculation. Pretty good the pricing, right? Yeah. I don't even know what it was based on. And I think I think that 20 grand, I think we can expect like some pretty sophisticated stuff like uh electronic suspension, maybe some sort of variable valve timing. Probably a touchscreen dash. Touchscreen dash, Bluetooth. I think that's going to be on both trim levels to be honest Probably. at this point. They better. I mean, I I take that back. Like if you told me there was like a base model version that didn't have the fancy dash on, I've seen brands do that before, but I would I would more likely expect even at seventeen grand, the expectation would it's be just some sort of cheaper for dash. manufacturing to just have yeah. a dash. Yeah, probably more premium. Although actually, no, you know I say that, but hardly you know on their on their cruisers, if you get the S model, you get the big touchscreen dash. If you get the non S model, it came with I don't know if it still does, but when I used to work for them, it had a smaller button dash. Interesting. So they do have. Would, options wouldn't surprise me no me either probably different components different you know like one's olens and one's socks or something like that do we have ideas on like power size blah 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 power is interesting so this is the language that harley uses is very eyebrow raising um <laughs> that's just harley <laughs> that's just harley but they do this thing they did this with the live wire and that's why i say it's eyebrow raising where they say um so the information that came out this last week was over 145 horsepower and over 90 pound-feet of torque. And they did the same thing when they did the live wire, when they talked about range and motor power and things like that. And it was a pretty conservative, you know, thing. They're like, oh, it's going to be up to, it's going to be over 50 miles of range. And it was like 89 miles of range. Right, right, like, right. That's not over. That's like fucking Yeah, but let me, I mean, it's funny. I wonder more. why they're trying to zhuzh that up so much because... Even if it was 145 horsepower and 80 foot pounds of torque, that's still BMW R 1250 GS category. I think that's their benchmark. Truthfully, I think they're I mean, going everybody, after that. In that, in that specific segment, that is the benchmark. I think. I, I mean, I know enough about Harley Davidson company culture to know that the lawyers 
fuck everything up. <laughs> As a lawyer, I can tell you their lawyers fuck everything up. Like everything's fine until Bob from legal shows up and then just fucks it all up. <laughs> they should so, have a they should they should have a ah you fucked it up category just in their law. It should just be like I I I am sure whenever like in in house counsel comes into the meeting there's a collective groan underneath everyone's breath. Uh, these there guys has again. to be. But my understanding is like this is very much a legal thing where there's like under promise over deliver. Yep. So 145 over 145 horsepower is easily in my mind 155 160. And that starts putting you into like that's KTM range. Yeah, that was Ducati range before the V4 showed up. Absolutely, um, that's well over BMW. Who else is in the space that would be in that that territory? Triumph, the twelve hundred, twelve hundred. Which yeah. I don't know if anyone's really got that on like the their Africa competitive Twin, That's only one hundred and ten new ones. Yeah, I mean it sounds healthy. So now the next question is, what is it going to weigh? Like, is it going to be super duper heavy, or is it going to be like five hundred pounds, that's which is normal? Uh, I think. I think if you were coming into this category, like this is this is speculation, right? If the GS is your mark, you gotta you gotta beat it on power, weight, and features and price. Yep. So far we've said it's gonna be cheaper, have more power. I don't know about features, but sounds like it'll be that that ballpark. Yeah. So it's gotta be lighter, which is maybe a low bar. Like I don't know what a GS weighs off the top of my head, but it's like 500 600 pounds 530 some odd pounds for the gs i think look that up i think i know the ducati 1260 enduro i want to say it weighs 525 pounds without the bags on it that's and and i think without fuel how much did you say 525 is what that sounds right yeah oh hey there's the r1200 gs adventure r1200 gs adventure edition Edition 40 years, R1200 GS, R1200 GS, edition 40 years GS. So the GS is the smaller tank. GS A is the big eight or nine gallon. I just love it. It's like, hey, let's just have like 18 different versions of this. (laughs) We're in the business of collecting models as many as possible. Really. Just keep adding them on. It's a regular GS. I got to keep scrolling. Can't see past the microphone. And it looks like it has the same. Unladen weight, road ready, fully fueled. 549 pounds fully fueled 550 that's not bad with a five gallon tank so you can take 30 pounds off that so it's like 520 ish is that what you said five i said 530 something but yeah, maybe okay. i was thinking of the you're adventure in the, model you're in the ballpark yeah i mean the, the gsa is definitely a little heavier but the tank's so much bigger huge um okay so ducati, uh, ducati harley drink <laughs> snap out of it <laughs> listen uh, listen ducati red um <laughs> God. I'm under the I'm under the hypnosis all the time. I don't know why. Um, I I feel like that's probably not terribly difficult for them to do because all those bikes in that category are around that same weight. They're pretty heavy, yeah. I think that's when you look at like what the Tenere seven hundred four hundred fifty pound bike. I'll be like, what? <laughs> like who? Who are you? Go on. <laughs> um. You know, that was really the thing when the Tenere 700 came out. Well, first when the KTM 790 came out, right. Adventure, and then the Tenere 700 came out. It was like, hey, here are middleweight adventure bikes that don't weigh 500 pounds. Because, yep. like, the middleweights weighed as much as the heavyweights, which make no sense to yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, we were considering the, you know, the Tiger 800, now 900, then BMW F800 slash 850. Who else? KTM had the 1090... And then the Africa Twin, but they were all 500 pound bikes. Yeah, it's crazy. So 
Well, we know they're building the, I've seen the chassis. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's built off the motor cylinder heads kind of the same way like a Ducati is, like a Superleggera was. Right. Um, Superleggera? Not Superleggera. Panigale. How the Panigale was. Panjigli. Um, so that's a that's a very good way to save weight. Like it wouldn't surprise me if this is a five hundred pound bike or there. Yeah. Let's call it five ten. That'd be very interesting. I wonder if Harley is going to build what is essentially an adventure touring bike, and if they're going to concentrate more on the touring aspect of it, or will they be able to meet halfway, kind of like BMW has been doing all this time? Like with this bike, you mean? Yeah. Is it going to have enough ground clearance? Yeah. Are they going to have decent, you know, seat height? You know, the funny thing is with like all the marketing material, and I even I think I even made a mention of this in in the story I wrote. They're always fucking taking the bike off jumps. Yeah. I, think I mean Ducati did the same thing though. When the Enduro first came out, they had a video of a racer in a motocross track just sending this thing. And which is awesome. I mean, more power to you <laughs> if you're able to do that, but fucking hell. Yeah, mm. I'll be um I'll be kind of curious to see. I, I'm I'm like cautiously optimistic. So we spec. have a month basically to start getting some real answers here, right? Yes. I'm I'm you know, I'm excited. I'm excited that there's going to be more players in this field. Maybe this is the th- I don't think it's gonna be the thing that saves Harley, but I think it's gonna be definitely a new direction, right? Because aren't they also doing the Bronx, which is more or less based on the same motor? The Bronx got turned into the street baller or Bron- what it's Last I heard about the Bronx is just like no one really knows what's going on with it. It's definitely not in it's not a 2021 bike. Huh. And it might show up later. It might not. I feel like its fate is very uncertain. And maybe its fate is uncertain based on what happens with the Pan America. Like Harley Davidson making an adventure bike. That's a story. <laughs> That's I mean, like this this story was a I wouldn't say like if I had to rate like a story on its importance, like this is kind of like a B. It's not an unimportant story, but it's not like like new bike comes out or you know breaking news, blah yeah. blah blah blah. Like Pan America, like the headlines: Pan America Harley Davidson Pan America twelve fifty will debut on February twenty second. It's not super sexy. It's a info. Fifty fifty four comments. Dude, like wow. it's already it's 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 a pretty do hot th- story. Do you think that this is the most important bike Harley's made in the last ten years? Hmm, interesting. I probably would have said the live wire. Yeah, but that fizzled. That was a fizzle. Probably because they didn't. I didn't put, want it to fizzle. They, I think they fucked that up so royally. I think they just stopped pushing after it came out. Yeah. Oh, it's thirty thousand dollars. Oh, people people want to pay for that. Yeah, but do something with it. Now that being said, they're doing that. Uh, what is it called up. Series One or whatever? They're they're bicycles. They're e-bikes. Oh, that's but that's a separate company. But it's under Harley. It's under Harley, but it's a separate. See, I think that that was dumb because that they took it away from Harley. Yeah, because. Um, one, there's so many players in the electric bicycle space. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I know. so much of that technology is a commodity. Like you're getting your drivetrains from basically four different suppliers. And we've really figured out how to make bicycles. Like there is some like like hardcore cycles be like, I only ride steel chassis and now it's like carbon fiber and like you can get like some nerds that get into like the metallurgy and like which which steel for which component or aluminum or titanium or carbon right. or what. But at the end of the day, like we pretty much know what our flex numbers need to be. We know what our geometries need to be. It's kind of a commodity. And truthfully, a lot of the tubing is made by like two, three companies. Mm. So it's just like there's not a lot of difference out there. It really isn't. And I so, mean, it's just it's just them selling the culture of their company to right. you via a new so two wheel way. But you just said it. It's them selling the culture of their company, but they're not even using the company's name. Right. So now it's like 
hey, you're just one of many brands that I've never heard of that are trying to sell me an electric bike. And unless I like really kind of do my research and kind of know about it, you know, that Harley Davidson's behind it. And I'm not saying that the Harley Davidson name brings a big cachet. Like, oh, I was going to buy a Trek until I learned Harley Davidson's <laughs> in the market. Like, who's who's that guy that's saying that? Um, I think they fucked that whole thing up, to be honest. With, with it, it should have been branded Harley Davidson. It's interesting, though, because it sort of kind of is. Like, you see, and I think they're realizing that. So the more posts I see about it, the more I see Harley's name somewhere in the post. Where it's almost like they're just trying to at least clue you into the idea that this is from Harley as opposed to straight up saying it. They have to because otherwise they just say Series 1 and you're like, who the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, who the fuck are you? You have to say... You can go buy a giant. You have to say Series 1 by Harley Davidson. Otherwise, it's a completely irrelevant story. Otherwise, it's just one of a billion other I know, electric bicycles that are probably oh, made in China. Is, it's, a, it's a weird exercise in trying to divide these brands from each other, right? They, they, you can't go calling it an Acura by Honda. It's a fucking Acura. Right. But like in this, in that specific space, if you're going to pay a premium dollar for this, I'm assuming premium product. Here's a great example. You got to have that name behind it. Otherwise, it's just like go buy a Schwinn, go buy a whatever brand that, because I mean, you can right now go buy an e-bike. You can probably have one put together. I, I, I kind of priced out a couple of them just for shits and giggles a year ago. I could be around two to three thousand dollars for a really decent one. Who's making a two to three thousand dollar e-bike? Dude, you can price them out yourself because you just you buy a bicycle and then you can buy the components and kind of put it together. If you're gonna, if you're willing to build your own, is what right. you're saying. I don't know how many people are willing to do that though. I mean, we're in Portland, so plenty. <laughs> but no, but like you say that, but like I mean, like I'm a pretty handy guy. I've been to bicycles. Like I don't want to build an e-bike on my own. I would want to just buy a turnkey one. As a guy who spent his COVID time rebuilding a mountain bike <laughs> to be like a street bike for Aren't Portland. Aren't you a pro at it at this point? But like, it's just one of the things where I'm just like, yeah, I have the skills. I have the tools. I don't know if that's something I'm going to go do. No. But. Uh, well, no. So I it would, wasn't me building it. This is me going through a bicycle shop and just having them put it together for me. Okay. I don't have to do any of this crap. Most of the e-bikes I've seen are like five, six grand. Like the ones that are decent. I mean, Ducati's about to come up with theirs to the U.S. and. The euro pricing starts at like thirty six hundred euros and goes up to like nine. See that, but that that's that's the market rate, I think. Yeah, I like I'm not I'm not very smart when it comes to like mountain bikes and mountain bike components and all that's not my jam. Or spending. I was, I was always a road bike guy, so I can't sit there and be like, well, that's got the the Olin suspension on it versus <laughs> the Sox suspension, the Brembo brakes versus the Nissan brakes. Like I don't know those those parts. So, like, I can't say if like, you're getting a good deal on them or not, but I've definitely seen, like, the high-end side. Like, a Santa Cruz bike, you're going to spend nine nine grand on a Santa Cruz. Ooh la. You know, like, that. And then Santa Cruz makes some of the best bikes, best mountain bikes in, in the world. So, I mean, I don't know if it's, like, I don't know if the Ducati bike's a good deal or not, but they're not crazy with that pricing. But my point was, one of the things I was going to say, Polestar. Polestar. The car. Yeah. Electric car. Polvo. You know what? But you know it's a Volvo, <laughs> and I know it's a Volvo, and I've looked at that car, and I think that's a fucking rad car. But I feel like that's a miss, where it's like, hey, we're going to come up with our own brand, yeah, right? And like, like it, before, it's going to look just like a Volvo, but it's going to be called a Polestar. If I didn't like have some people that worked with the company, and I was kind of like a car guy to begin with, and you know, like kind of knew my shit, I, Dan. it would just be um, actually JPC. Oh, but Dan JPC too. also, yeah, Dan, Dan Trotty. Uh, JPC needs to hook Jensen up with like a long-term loan. You know what I'm saying? What's up, JPC? Like, Do the right thing. Um, I'd love to have a Polestar in the garage. But, <laughs> oh, the car. Uh, <clears throat> but <laughs> it's one of those things like, 
like I remember talking to someone like, oh, because they're in the market for an electric car. I'm like, oh, you should look at Polestar. And they're right. like, no, I'm not looking at like one. Of the, I don't want to deal with a startup. I want to deal with an OEM. Like I have an established brand. I'm like, no, Polestar. It's it's Volvo. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we're just call well, it I just, Volvo. I just saw that like their first car like isn't even out yet, and it's like just them teasing shit and blah blah. They're like doing a thing. I'm like, I'm like yeah, because they should have just called it Volvo. That should just <laughs> been like the Volvo. Like the model should have been called Polestar. It's the Volvo Polestar. Like it feels like a huge miss. While like all the other brands are like, no, this is our electric. Like I just saw the uh, the electric Rav Four. You know, I was like, that's a big deal. Like they're they're a super hot thing right now. But it's a Toyota. But it's, but it's labeled Toyota Rav Four. It's like the Rav Four E or whatever they call it. I feel like maybe that's a thing, right? Everybody's trying to always have this other, you know, other brand that's an offshoot. Maybe we'll start seeing AMG cars out there instead of Mercedes AMG cars. Yeah, I mean that makes, but I mean it's the same thing because Polestar to Volvo was AMG true. to Mercedes. That's true. <clears throat> um, which to this day I think one of the sexiest wagons on the road. Which one? Polestar V V seventy Volvo. Oh, mm. yeah. You kind of had to be like a connoisseur to know it. AMG yeah, feels like a little bit be, more mainstream. Yeah, totally. but not like hugely. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like coming back to Harley Davidson with a series one, I was like, that's a mistake. Hey, I, wonder, like, I wonder how they're going to do it. I mean, we were, I was having a conversation with uh, Ducati last week, you know, with this V4 Multistrada coming out. It's a big deal to them. It's a huge deal to them. Rightfully so. It's an awesome bike. But at the end of the day, bikes like this, the the, the V4 Multistrada or the Pan America or, or anybody else that wants to get in this realm, it's there's a magical word here. It's called conquest. They're trying to bring in customers from the other brands into their own. They're seeing that there is a big... A crowd of people riding and buying these things and they're paying premium dollars for them and so they're going to try and make something that competes in that but so ultimately you're trying to conquest that specific audience you gotta do something that's going to make them recognize who you are and what you're doing so if you're going to come out with this bicycle and you want to conquest giant or whoever the hell is out there is making bicycles all the time you're better off saying, hey, we're Harley Davidson. We're this huge company that's been around for 100 plus years. And and right. this is the thing we're going to do because it's the smart next move for us. You have one of the most powerful brands in all of brands, not just motorcycling. For a long time, Harley Period. Davidson No matter where you go the, in the world, you know what Harley Davidson is. Yeah. People literally tattoo your brand on their body. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I've seen it. Um and so you're like you're like deciding like not to use the power of that and then like start a new brand like you're basically starting a new company. I mean, same thing with Polestar. I don't understand no, how that's going to work. It's a miss. And it may. Be, I wonder if they're just doing it because they're kind of in a taste testing phase and be like, all right, it's working, it's a cool thing, let's name it the thing. But I I feel like it's such a missed opportunity because if you and maybe I'm wrong. Well, fuck do I know, right? But I I feel like if you don't use that and if it's not immediately recognizable by the lowest common denominator your regular average buyer who are you going to sell it to then the only thing that makes a little bit more sense to me if we're looking at harley davidson versus volvo like volvo over an infinite timeline eventually is going to be an all-electric company anyways yeah so it's not like you needed to spin out your yeah especially in europe Mm -hmm. it's not like you needed to spin out your electric vehicle brand from the main brand because different customers different product lines different goals right from the Harley Davidson side, at least I can kind of understand like, well, motorcycles, bicycles, let's just keep that separate. Let's, because I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I've argued with this the other way, like with the Scrambler, for instance, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that really should have been either a Ducati thing or its own thing, but not this little hybrid thing. 
I'm like, eh. I don't know. I still think it's a miss at the end of the day. It's because that industry is so commoditized and has so many just... The only thing I can imagine like is it'd that they're It'd be super easy to- for me to start my own electric bicycle brand name because like I can find a company in China that'll put Jensen on the frame mm-hmm. and start selling them for me. With the Jensen. The Jensen. The Jensen B. The J1. Wait. That sounds like a shitty brake company. <laughs> it does. Though. It does. Um, no. So, what is it? <laughs> they're just going to send it to you just preemptively. Um, the only thing I can imagine, the only explanation I can possibly think of is that they're trying to create a new culture loosely based on what they've already got going on for them, right? Maybe Volvo is trying to say, hey, we're already kind of a cool, kooky, weird company and everybody knows us for safety minded, but we want to use this Polestar branding as being our top of the line, awesome, expensive electric cars. Yeah. And Harley says, yeah, we are known for this, you know, rebellious uh, company that, you know, everyone that came back from the wars back in the day bought Harleys and everybody rides around. And it's a form of showing your freedom and the American dream. But we also want to create a new culture in that newer, younger buyer that is more environmentally conscious and doesn't want to spend big Harley money and wants to have, but still wants to have that sort of that brand. I can kind of get it if they're trying to create a new culture, but fuck, that's a that's a hard shell to crack. I think. Yeah. Um, shoot, I had a thought and I forgot it. The I mean, we, we, I've said this on the show before, Shaheen. We don't have the luxury of seeing the whole the whole picture. You know, we just get like this little snippet. And if there's one criticism I have of Harley Davidson right now is they've communicated their new plan very poorly. Like with Matt Levitich and his program, we knew what was going on. Right. And now with um Yakum, it's it's just like, I don't know what's going on. They haven't communicated. It's like, oh, the rewire. I'll explain what that is. Well, it's a thing. And now we're doing the hardware. Okay, what's that? We'll let you know in a couple months. Like that's actually, I think, what this January 19th thing is like, oh, we're finally going to tell you what we're doing. Like a year later. So... Maybe it makes sense in the grand scheme of things of 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 both Harley Davidson and Volvo, where it's like, hey, like you're just seeing this in like year one, year two, mm-hmm. year ten. This is gonna make way more sense. Like we plan on spinning Polster out from Volvo in the same way Honda spun out Acura or AMG is with you know Mercedes, and we, we just you're just because we're only two models in or a model and a half in, we just don't know that yet. I mean, it's the same thing with Harley Davidson. We're like. Maybe the series one thing is like, yeah, we're going to start making Segway scooters and skateboards. And this is the brand that's like for, you know, people under the age of 20. Mm-hmm. And like, we're going to like, yeah, we're going to invest and make this a thing over, over time. I don't know. I don't know. tell right now. I feel like it's a, it's just a marketing gamble, right? It's a thing. Do you keep it under the same old name? And maybe because everyone's saying Harley's a sinking ship, maybe if they have a whole new thing, it's a new ship. Maybe that's a part of it. Maybe there's some market research that says like, hey, Harley Davidson's a negative for people yeah. under this or nature, which I would agree with. And we're sort of living in a... If you a, saw the Pan America 1250, mm-hmm. it didn't have a Harley Davidson badge on it. It was mm-hmm. just some bike at Eichma. We're a, we're a startup. We're an American motorcycle yeah. startup. What would your thoughts be on it? Or, 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 I mean, it's hard to say, but like, do you think you'd feel differently about it than knowing it's a Harley Davidson? Because I think I would. You think so? Like your expectations would be different or your... I think, I think, because I feel like if you didn't know it was Harley, you would just look at it purely as a design experiment. Sure. I would look at it. I'd probably look at it more on the merits, like how much horsepower does it make? How right. much does it weigh? How much can it carry? How reliable is it? How durable is it? 
which is, you know, ideally how all I mean, the questions you should still ask anyways, but we're sort of scratching our heads going, okay, Harley's trying something new. Yeah, but like we'll we put a Harley Davidson badge on it. It comes with it, like all the baggage that comes with that brand. Like for me, that's uh-huh. like, oh, so it's going to be like super out of date and way a ton. So maybe you're actually making a point where they're not doing the Harley thing on the bicycle. Maybe. That's what right? I'm saying. Like maybe yeah, it's just like a... It's like, like, hey, there's too much baggage for Harley Davidson to be a electric bicycle brand. So let's just not make an electric bicycle brand. Yeah, we'll make it. We'll make it something separate. Maybe. I, I mean, think it's. I, mean, they, I don't know if that's a. What I, I'm about to say is a fair comparison, but it makes me think of Eric Buell and EBR. Okay. It, it never had a fair chance while it was under the Harley umbrella, especially with. Harley dealer, Harley dealerships. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. So, oh, which wow, you brought up such an interesting point. This motorcycle, the the only thing that's making me kind of raise my eyebrow a little bit. I hope, I hope somebody from Harley is listening to what I'm about to say. You need to make sure you're talking to your dealership so that they can learn to speak the language of this bike. Mm-hmm. Because if they didn't know how to speak the language of EBR, and they're sure as fuck didn't know how to speak the language of the V Rod, or the Livewire, or the Livewire. And you see what happened there. If you're looking to conquest customers that are used to buying this style of motorcycle from a specific kind of seller, because that seller knows how to talk the talk and walk the walk with them, you, you got to have a different attitude. You cannot go into a dealership and have an entire dealership community who's going to roll their eyes at this thing. And if they are, I promise you that message will be conveyed with an eye roll to the consumer. We've seen it happen. I saw it happen with EBR. I saw it happen with their with any other thing that was ever in a Harley world, including and not you know, honestly that V Rod. It, it was such a point of contention because the tooling was different for the mechanics, so they had to buy all new tools. Because <laughs> it was all metric, right? It was all metric, exactly. <laughs> Which I find, <clears throat> and and you know it was it was water cooled, so the sales guys are all old school and they don't want to deal with that. Blah blah blah. And you had the customer base who would make fun of it. And and I know what they were aiming for, and I get it. They were aiming for a younger sport cruiser rider. Cool bike. I mean, I thought it was a cool bike when I saw it. I still kind of do I it. do, too. I agree with you. But but it was never given a fair chance. And this bike is not that far off from that design exercise. It's a liquid-cooled bike that is far from what Harley's making right now. Agree. It's almost like you guys should have put this under a different brand. But where are you going to sell Harley's best out of a Harley dealership? Who's going to sell Harley's best? A Harley salesperson. How is, he, how is that person going to sell it? By being educated on there and being willing and being a true willing participant in that. That's the thing with this motorcycling industry that we're in. We're not selling cars. I just bought this Tacoma out there and it was like walking into a machine buying that thing. It was crazy. There was no heart and soul to it. Nobody talked Tacoma with me. Nobody was like, bro, I can't wait for you to go overlanding in this thing. They don't give two fucks. They're selling 500 cars a month out of this place. Out of a Harley dealership or a motorcycle in, in general. I mean, I say this all the time in our dealership. We have the distinct pleasure and privilege of selling something that people want really, really badly because they're not just buying the machine. They're buying a machine with the promise of having adventure, having a good relationship with their dealership, coming and having a clubhouse. But if you're not willing to talk that talk and you're not knowledgeable about it, you're fucked. If your dealer isn't planning adventure rides and moto camping trips and right. XYZ, then you're not doing yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious what they do about that. I wonder if they have a contingency, contingency plan about that. And I sure as fuck they hope they do because we've seen it. We've seen it happen through Harley before, who is the biggest shark in the water. And if that's not going to work before, you better have a different plan now because if you keep doing what you did, you're going to keep getting what you got. 
Which is interesting to me, Sheena, like <clears throat> while you're talking, I was thinking, how weird is it that this this promo Harley Davidson TV show, Long Way Up, right, is on live wires, right, and not the Pan America twelve fifty? Like I get like maybe there's a timing element to it. Yeah, that's true. But like you can't get Ewan and Charles a, a fucking like prototype demo thing. It just seems weird. Like that would have been. I would have felt that would have actually probably. I I guarantee you, that would have probably been more interesting, and it would have raised more excitement about this upcoming model if they were just on a pre-production, weirdly wrapped machine that we they would just kind of hint like, "Hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This has got a bar and shield on it, but I can't tell you it's HD." (laughs) Right? It would have been actually kind of cooler if it was a pre-production model of of this upcoming bike. That's going through its trials and tribulations of going through this crazy epic trip. We all know there's a production crew behind this whole thing, but it would have still shown it as going through hell and back on this big long trip. And then at the end of it being like, and this will be available February 22nd, 2021. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's strange to me. There's things that like Harley does. I'm just in there like, huh? Are you drunk? This is the thing you and I have talked about before, though, in the motorcycle industry. Maybe it's just a general widespread thing in humanity. Very reactive. They come up with the idea. They're like, we got this idea. Ah, shit. We just did a thing that we could have probably done that would have helped it better. And oh, God. But I'm, I'm, I, I hope this bike succeeds. I, I want there to be more options. One of the things that I like about the car industry a little more than the motorcycle industry is the crazy wide, vast selection of cars in the history of cars. In the motorcycle world, we're getting there slowly but surely. But at the end of the day, we have X number of manufacturers making X number of motorcycles, right? And if if BMW is consistently going to be on the top of the pile when it comes to this adventure touring bike thing, other manufacturers are going to notice it. So then you have Ducati and Triumph and everybody making something. And suddenly Harley took notice. But I, I no, but I want to see this thing succeed just because I want to see more models out there on the road. But the but is, as I said before, and I'll say it again, they really, really need to do something and make sure that the dealership side understands this thing fully and speaks it fully without a sneer on their face or some shitty attitude. So that might mean either training your current uh, salespeople or bringing in a whole new breed of salespeople that can speak this new language that you're trying to, you know, shout out to everyone. They definitely need to learn that mistake from from Buell. Maybe not EBR, but Buell. Yeah. Yeah. Crossing my fingers. Crossing my fingers. That is like, I was going to say half the battle. I don't know if it's half. That's pretty it's strong. A, it's a good chunk of it. Though. Yeah. You know, it's at least your, I mean, that's your soldiers on the on the ground, man. Oh. And if they don't believe in it, why the fuck would they sell it? Yeah. I mean, I can go out there and ride it and say, this is a, this is a rad adventure bike. But like, if you're not giving them the Harley Davidson experience. Right. That could be tough. If you're dropping the ball at the dealership. Because I've ridden plenty of bikes. And I'm like, this bike's rad, and they don't sell. Right. You know, like there is a little bit more to just building a good motorcycle. Hmm. I have high hopes. The eternal optimist in me hopes that this bike will will succeed. Maybe this is the thing, right? Maybe we'll see that they're going to use the bar and shield on this thing, and it'll be the pushing point in a good way. But uh, I mean, I understand the the Eric Buell thing, but I mean, honestly, that V Rod. When I worked at the dealership and everyone that I knew that worked in the dealerships, they, they couldn't sell those for to save their lives. I wonder what that history plays. Like you come back to co- corporate culture and like 
pass that kind of way on you. Like having a failure like the VRI, having a failure like Buell. I wonder what the corporate culture is like sometimes where it's like, okay, so like you guys have pretty good track record fucking this kind of thing up. And how that shapes like decision making for the future. Like, all right, how are we going to do this? Because we've failed before. We learn from our mistakes. How are we going to implement this? And I wonder if that sends them down a road that like most other brands wouldn't go because they just haven't had that history of just falling flat on their face so hard. Yeah. Harley's yeah. so big though. When when something falls on its face, it's just one of 40 models. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll see, Shaheen. Time will tell on this one. But uh, you hear you heard some stuff here first. I like it. Sure. I like that we're breaking news here on breaking news. Brap talk. Bra- brapping news. Breaking, Bra- breaking news. When yeah. news braps, we brap it back. Brap. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna try. We gotta come up with a new punchline. Um. Bu- 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 I don't really want to talk about these. I just kind of want to acknowledge them. Okay. MV Augusta Super Veloce Alpine came out. Why? It's Why the blue. Alpine? Why a French car? It's very blue. Well, they got that like Alps connection. It's not like France is not far away from from MV Augusta's factory. Okay. Cause I mean, you know the car, right? Yeah. I don't I don't like I don't get the connection to it. I mean I get the idea of the geog- geographic connection, but like is there something really cool about that car? Because to me it looks like a cheaper Porsche boxer that I mean it's a cool looking car. I, I'm sorry we don't get it here, but Alpine's got a an interesting history and they're owned by Renault now, which is very French. Um, they're also getting into Formula One. In fact, I think they're taking over Renault's Formula One Ooh. team. So I think it's just a way to like, like it's a brand, it's a car brand that not very many people would know. I think they're trying to kind of cry. Like I wouldn't have really like dive deep on them uh, if this bike wasn't getting made. And I think that's just like the purpose of it. It's just like we got to market ourselves. But yeah, I think you're right. Like the A, the A110. Mm-hmm. It's like Meh, okay. I think I heard they drive really well. My, yeah. my, my car buddies are like, that's a rad car. It looks hideous, but it's rad. I, I, I like the design because it's weird and it stands out. It definitely stands out. But it's not like a supercar. It's not a Ferrari, Lamborghini, Aston Martin. It's nothing that makes me go, ooh, I can't wait to one day plaster one of these across my no. wall of my bedroom so I can stare but at they're it. But like, they're like $60,000. They're not like crazy expensive cars. I, I got to tell you, I like the bike. It's like, it's like a Lotus. I, I like the Veloce a lot. I think it's a pretty bike. I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to MB colors. The yeah. red and silver does it for me, but the red, the blue and silver is pretty it's good. It's pretty blue. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it. It's pretty. I'm so not this is going to be the 800cc, same bike as yeah. the last one. It's like $30,000 or something crazy. I've actually yet to see one of these in, in the flesh. Uh, we could fix that. We I, should. I got a guy. You Do you? Yeah. I'd love to see one of these. Yeah. It's very, very pretty. We should talk to the guy. Um, about a, a, a Moto Guzzi V7 got updated. It's got the new 850 cc motor that was in the uh, the V85 TT. TT. Yeah, uh, it's a different like tune of it. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head how much horsepower it was. It's like 63, 62, something like that. I feel like Moto Guzzi is the kind of company that's like it has enough power. They don't name numbers. Uh, yeah, it makes 65 horses. The TT makes 80. That's the only reason I can bring it up. Like it's a pretty sizable. Uh, detuned, but I think it's more low end grunt thing going on. Um, I've never been like a huge fan of these bikes, but like they're not ugly. If you like that retro vintage yeah. thing, okay. Uh, MB, not my jam, but okay. Moto Guzzi just wants to make sure everybody knows how to work on their bikes. It's it's a way better motor than the one that was in there before. So like for yeah. me, I look at it like smart upgrade. 
a handful of people I know that have still the, cheap. Uh, what's that? If they're still cheap, then smart upgrade. Oh, I mean, the big adventure version of that thing is like eleven or something. Yeah, it's not. That's the cool thing with Moto Guzzi, though. They make really, really unique Italian bikes that are just, you know, by being the spirit of an Italian machine, the fact that you can buy one for under fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars is crazy to me. I mean, V V seven lines typically under ten grand, so yeah. I would expect that the same here. I think they're attractive. I actually think they're really cool looking bikes. It's not my style of motorcycle, but every time I see one, I'm like, that is a motorcycle. That's a very handsome little motorcycle. Yeah. That eight fifty, uh, it's not ugly. I'll no, I've I've got a couple of friends who've got the little eight fifty TT, and they speak very adoring of it. They've had a really good time. So, I think it's probably a good motor. Oh, it's a great motor, uh, especially for what it is for for being an air cooled you know jammer like yeah. it's impressive actually how much horsepower they're getting out of it i like it i like its styling okay I, I i tend to really love that sort of classic motorcycle style like as a kid if they said here's a crayon draw a motorcycle i would draw what i think an old school motorcycle should look like so like okay. a triumph bonneville looks really pretty to me a ducati scrambler looks really pretty to me because it's just a standard motorcycle um I want us. We have a question Ooh. from an ANR Pro subscriber. Ooh, so first, you get your answer. You get your questions answered if you're a pro I'm just, subscriber. I'm just saying, like, it helps your chances. I wouldn't say like, it's the only way, but it helps your chances. Um, so this comes from Jordan. Uh, he's a fellow Eagle Scout, so right on there. <laughs> uh, Do you guys have like a special hello or? Uh, I can't tell you if we did. Oh, it's a secret. That's how that works, Shaheen. Does it, does it come with a badge? The secret hello badge. No, it comes with an Eagle Scout pin and a badge and things. Oh. I got my Eagle Scout thing right up there. It's on the shelf. You'll see it. Nice. Um, all right. What's it? What's this guy here? He's he's on SV. He's on an 08 SV650 of ABS. First-ish bike. Um, he's been riding for three years. Looking for something with a little bit more guts, something different. Um, so he asks us to both of you. What bike slash kind of bike should I try next if I want to try something different slash beefier? Do I keep the SV and track it out? Yes, of course you do. Yeah, duh. Uh, if it helps, I rode my buddy's desert sled the other day, and I wasn't a huge fan. Clutches no feel. Couldn't let it fall into the corners as much, but it was falling on the loose gravel, obviously. What would you do to go after a middleweight sport bike? Bonus question. How is ABS on the tracks? So we'll, we'll get to that part later. A- ABS on the track. Um it's not great i mean if you're really pushing hard the abs comes on and it's a little distracting and yeah but if you're smooth yeah if you're smooth like truthfully like unless i'm really really pushing if i'm going like nine tenths or harder i don't notice the abs no so if like if you're a newer track rider it's not a big deal in fact it's great to have it why not if the abs is coming on the track you're you're doing some and not like, all abs is sudden moves yeah not all abs is created equally i would imagine the abs on an sv650 is less than stellar but you're probably right. I mean, that bike was made for basic motorcycle needs. If you're going to go track your SV, which you should, SVs are great track bikes, and you shouldn't <laughs> upgrade until you're routinely passing guys on 600s because um, you'll learn just so much. Um, but like, if you really are getting into it, it's not a lot of money to disable the ABS and, and work around it. So that's what I would do there. Um, what would you recommend for a bike after an SV650, Shahan? And don't say Ducati. <laughs> what the hell? Um, I mean, in that same light, there, you know, if if they want to stay with sort of like that 
that naked um, standard writing position, and that's semi-styling. There's a lot of choices in that segment. You've got everything from a Yamaha. If you want to go to like a like a 700 cc, you've got uh, if you want to Ducati like a Monster A21. Um, if you want to go into like the eleven twelve thousand dollar range, um, the Duke seven ninety. Duke seven ninety. Duke seven ninety should be pretty much the standard. Good shout. Good shout. Wasn't even thinking my head there. My head was Triumph Speed Triple. That was wait. Yeah, the speed tri- the, the, not the, the not the street triple, not the, the street speed, triple. Oh, so you're going up? I'm going up because he wants something beefier. And if you've been riding for three years on an SV650, I'm kind of assuming that you can handle maybe not like a leader bike, super bike, but yeah, like a but leader the bike. Speed road triple bike. is such a good. I love that motor. Such it's a not good peaky. Bike. It's not insanity, but it's such plenty. A good bike. I think that might be one of the best choices because you can pick one of those up a couple of years old for like nothing. Yeah. And there hasn't really been a lot of changes the last two years. Not really. And like, even if you're looking new, I'm, I'm looking at the prices right now. Uh, or is it speed triple starts at 14, three. That's a little higher than I was thinking. I thought they had something closer. No, I mean, they've always been in that 12, 13,000. And I think you can get them as expensive as like 17 grand, but yeah, the RS can- is 16, five, the S is 14, three. I thought they had another, but whatever. You can get a you're right. You can get a used one for nothing, for not a lot of money. You, you can probably go under eight thousand dollars and buy a barely used one. That'd be good. That'd be good. That's a nice bike. That's it a great sounds bike. good. It looks great. It's it, different. And I don't know anybody in the motorcycling world who doesn't look at that and smile. That's a, that's probably one of my favorite motorcycles ever made. I, I I my only criticism of the Speed Triple is that it was like the original <clears throat> Street Fighter, right? And now it's really it's gone soft. It's like the it's like the the bodybuilder that kind of like sat on the couch too yeah, long. It kind of it settles. It's a little, it's a little pudgy. That little street triple kid. It's really a roadster in my mind now. It is. It's I along agree. that same line of the SV650. It's like it's still like a naked roadster, right. but really good. It can do a couple of track days here and there, but oh, honestly, yeah. in the real world, it's such a great bike. Because I, I mean, I the first time I rode one of those was at the tail of the dragon. I rode one of my buddies, and it was just such a hoot because that motor you could just keep it in one gear. And it has so much nice grunt to it. And I'm talking like real usable torque that you could basically stay in third gear from like 20 to 90 miles an hour on a nice twisty road and just giggle the entire time. A little wheelie if you wanted to, but it's not the lightest weight bike, but it flicks around pretty easily. No, I like that bike. I'm, just, I'm a huge fan of that bike. It's like a it's like a British pit bull. It's just, it's just stout. It's just stout. It's just solid. It really, honestly, to me, it's like a British SV650. It's it is. just That's exactly it's, what it is. It doesn't do anything amazingly well, but it'll always make you happy. I did not hate riding that bike in Spain. I did not hate riding that bike in Spain on the track. I had a good time on that bike. Yeah. I like that bike. You know, another bike Almost that I like is bikes. the um that CB one thousand that you had here. Was that a CB one thousand R? The CB one thousand R, yes. Love that bike. That was a good bike too. That falls in the same category as the speed triple to me. The only thing that kicks me on that is it's still kinda <clears throat> That's still a leader bike, bro. It's that's a good bike. It just, um, for the price and some of the components and stuff, it was a little lacking. I think for this 2021, they've kind of closed that gap a little bit. They're not quite where I would like them to be, but they've closed that gap right. a bit. It's you, a little pricey, though. I want to say it's like 16 or something. Oh, it's God. A, I, didn't think they were, I thought they were like 13. No, they're way too much for what they, what they are. How much can you pick one up that's like a 2018 model right now? Oh, that's probably a different story. Right. I don't deal with a lot of use prices. You're better with that than I am. Because I'm assuming oh, is Jordan, totally wrong. Is Jordan like buying a new bike or a used bike? Thirteen thousand. He didn't say. I always assume this is a wrong assumption. That's actually really bad on me to to have this general assumption with people. 
most people that I've met that ride an SV650 that are looking to move up, they want to buy another used bike. Because, and here's why I think, they're used to having such a great experience at such a fraction of the price they they don't want to suddenly throw down a bunch of money for a slightly better experience. They're living in like that nexus, like that perfect sweet spot of value. Right? It's, it's hard to come out of that. It's hard. It's really especially on a bike like that. The SV gives you a lot. Where else can you buy a bike that you can ride every day and just beat the ever living fuck out of, and then throw some race plastics on it and continue on abusing it? Yeah, you put a Jixer front end on that thing, <laughs> you're good to go. You're having a great Done. time. It's it's so you know that talk about value. That that bike is like the Mazda Miata of the motorcycle world to me. I love that bike so much. But that Honda, see, the thing I like about the Honda is to me it That's a good shout. It's in the same realm as, grand. as yeah. 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 You, I bet you can pick one up used for eight, nine. Yeah. Like a real clean one. Probably harder to find. I can't imagine there's a ton of them out there, but yeah. Cycle trader that shit, bro. You'll find one. Um bup, 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 bup. everyone should own like a uh, hyper motard type bike at some point in their life it's just as long as it's not the one at motocorsa the, the, <laughs> the ktm 690 that one's well that's the other thing though so if, if they want to go smaller i would definitely say try out a super motard style bike that is so much fun for like daily just bopping around town having a good time maybe doing a couple of twisties here and there but if i was going to upgrade from an sv650 yeah i would be looking at a cb1000r Speed triple. Uh, if I want to stay, you know, Italian, yeah, totally. Look at a Ducati or an Aprilia. But you know, it's so funny how it's really easy to cross the line from like a regular usable power like a CB1000 or a Speed Triple to going something bonkers crazy like a Street Fighter. You know, on the surface, yeah. they don't look that vastly different from each other. But you ride them there; it's a whole different riding experience. It's different I mean, I just think the V4, the Street Fighter V4, is very tameable for around town. Totally, which is different than say what the 1098 was. Oh, um, Street Fighter 848 could be kind of fun if you want to get like into an Italian naked thing. If you're if you're still like on the naked front right. and want something kind of different, but like super aggressive at the same time. Yeah, you can get rowdy on eight four eight. Absolutely, but it's not crazy. It's like one hundred and thirty horsepower. It's plenty, man. It's not Again, long. that's good everyday real world power. That's a you, fun bike. You and I have always talked about this. In the real world, once you go past one hundred and fifty horses, it's just fucking pointless. You're just yeah. I mean, you're just especially on a naked bike. How fast just, did you go on the Street Fighter V four when I gave it to you on the track? I mean, I, I gave it the full gas, but it hurt so yeah. much. It physically hurt. Like I don't, I didn't do a whole session because I was like, this is not fun. It's just not made for it. It's not fun to go 175 without fairings. <laughs> it's just, uh, oh God. Hold on for dear life. You get arm pump, <laughs> like right here. <laughs> I get neck pump. <laughs> like literally, like my neck is sore because you're kind of like, you're fighting the helmet with the, if your head. Yeah. So. Um. Hopefully we answered that for Jordan. Maybe. <laughs> or just confuse them more. Or just, yeah, like, we just gave him like, here's eight bikes you should go buy. Good luck. I mean, we really only said two bikes. There's a lot of bikes out there, Jordan, and that's the thing, right? They all fit people differently. I don't know how tall you are. I don't know what kind of riding you like to do. Maybe you want to go cruiser. Maybe you want to go more adventure. But if you want to stay in the same realm as the SV650, I'll double down. I'll say CB1000R or Speed Triple. Those are probably two of your, again, if you're going used. If you're going new and depends on what your price. What's the SV650 equivalent to an adventure bike in the adventure bike space? Tenere 700. Is that what it is? Probably. Same engine size ish, a little bit bigger. I wouldn't disagree. Really with affordable. That. Yeah, it's got basic components, but it can probably take a lot of abuse. You can update it at some point. Yeah, you're probably right. 
Hmm. So that's a thought. Yeah. And you can buy one of those brand new, if you can find one. Yeah, you're not going to be able to get uh, that's, one. That's but. the asterisk theory. Can you find one? If you can find one there. This time next year. 99. Yeah, this time next year, probably. But for 10 grand. I just can't argue with that bike. It doesn't. Here's the thing with that bike. And I think people should remember that. For 10 grand, you're getting no frills, right? No electronic anything. That's like that base model Kramer where it's just like, you're buying this bike with the idea that like, it's a platform that you're going to put a bunch of yeah. parts on. But if I was just going to go and actually use that bike for its intended purpose, I would probably feel, this It kind of makes me feel itch when I say stupid shit like that, right? It doesn't have all these electronics to break later on in the middle of nowhere. But a lot oh, of these new electronics guys. work pretty fucking well all the time. I just haven't had that problem with 30,000 miles on my current bike that I've abused every day. I don't know too many guys that got stuck in the middle of nowhere because like, yeah, their it's dash because your tire went to shit because you've jumped something or bent a rim. It's not, uh. <laughs> my cam bus stopped working because, uh, I told it to bring the suspension up for the millionth time. It, it's like it's like the doomsday preppers. Where it's like, well, what are you going to do when the water shuts off and the electricity doesn't work for 14 days? And you're like, I don't know, man. But like when that happens, like a lot of people are going to be feeling the hurt. Yeah. Like, at that point, society is just going to break down. So it doesn't matter if I've got a cistern in my you know closet or not. Like we've had COVID for 10 months and yeah, it's just yeah, like. The asteroid's coming. Like, yeah, I don't have a contingency plan for that either. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> but I do know from the uh, relativity of simultaneity Whoa. that I'm going to perceive the asteroid coming for before you are because it's going to be approaching the speed of light and therefore the space-time continuum is going to be changing. Wait, does that mean if the asteroid's coming and like it's on our side of the Earth, we get to see it, but people on the other side of the Earth are like, what the fuck's happening over there? <laughs> I mean, that's true, but that's not what that relativity thinks about. Oh. I thought the whole idea was perception's reality. And if you don't perceive it, then it's not part of your reality. That's very Aristotle. Well. Well, I guess Aristotle's going to argue the opposite. <laughs> I don't know. You're on your own there, Shaheen. It's a kind of show. <sighs> you know, those are my uh, deep thoughts at 7.20 p.m. Yeah, we, we got some other people to thank. Uh, Philip. Philip. Our uh, Philip? Our buddy Philip? I don't, I don't know. Philip Maybe. H.? Yeah, maybe. I know Philip. A big fan of Philip. Oh my God, that dude cool. is a is a rock climber extraordinaire. Yeah, Philip H. Yeah. Rock climber extraordinaire, cancer survivor. Oh hey. Badass. Rides track days. Used to ride a Ducati, but now he rides an Aprilia, Philip. <clears throat> um, that kind of makes sense because uh my notes I have here. Uh, I missed him on a previous shout out. Ah. Had to loop back, but he saw the Gone Racing series and is going to come racing in Omer and Wormra. Philip so, Philip is pretty quick. Is he? I've done a couple of track days with him. He'll hold his line pretty well. Good. And he's a smooth rider, which is what I appreciate about him. Ooh, everyone likes a smooth rider. I like a smooth. You know, it's like he just glides through the just curves. He's a, he's very zen on and just in life in general. Okay. Anytime I'm around Philip, my heartbeat, like I go about 10 beats a minute lower. Okay. I just well, chill. He and I are going to talk a, a little racing. He had a bunch of like Umrah racing questions. Nice. Hopefully I can help him with. Very cool. Uh, we also got a big shout out to Chris. Chris? Chris from the Cafe Racer podcast. He wants to have Whoa. us on the podcast. Shaheen. Cool. We're going to cross-pollinate our podcasts? I guess so. We're going to go scissor each other later? Um, not going to do that. Hmm. I can tell you that right now. That's, that was a thing. That's not on the table. I wore the right pants and everything. Uh, we did talk about wearing pants on the phone <laughs> earlier, didn't we? <laughs> Um. So yeah. Um. Hopefully we'll, we'll work something out with Chris on. I get on their show. That could be fun though. Do you want both of us or just you or me I or Coda? Probably I just mean, wants Coda. Probably wants the whole package. Oh Jesus! You don't want Coda, Chris? Yeah. No. 
She's kind of cute right now. She's really cute right now. She's all bald, bald up. Shout out to Trent. Trent from Australia. Trent from Australia. I, I love that we have like an Australian contingency. I like a lot. If there's an accent that I don't do well. Trent, can you please do an audio of how you say brap talk? I oh, just want to hear it. Oh, crikey. The brops of the talks. Is it a kangaroos. brop? Is it a brap? Because Australians have kind oh, of a cool a like trio. Southern twang as far like it sounds Southern to me. And Kiwis are just a little bit different. Well, you know, they're just a little, little bit over there in their own little different. island. Yeah. They're probably some of the nicest people I've ever met. One of my one of my really good friends uh, just moved to Melbourne, so Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne. <laughs> but she's Kiwi, so she's she says she says it even worse. <laughs> it's all right. She's she's a champ. Thanks uh, for listening to us all the way in Australia, Trent. That's Australia. pretty cool. He's from the future. That's right. See, see, it's full circle. His perception is totally different. Full circle. He probably heard this fucking podcast did, before we even put it out. Exactly. He he heard the podcast before we even recorded it. That's that's what Einstein was getting on that's about. What, <laughs> about Trent in Australia. Dude, you're going to watch Tenet and it's going to blow your mind. That, you know, it's probably the one uh, continent I really, really want to go to so bad. Australia. Have you never been? Never been. Oh, you got to go. Our friend Dan Trotty just did an Australian motorcycle tour. last. It's been a year already. Fuck. I want to do that so bad. It's rad. You got to do the whole coast thing. Yeah. yeah. Australia, where the land is constantly trying to kill you, but somehow is very oh, intriguing to me. Stupidest speed limits. What? Driving in Victoria, where the, the, the province that Melbourne's in. Right. Literally, you're a mile an hour over the speed kilometer, limit. Kilometer, kilometer. No, miles. They do miles over there? Yeah. Not kilometers. Pretty sure. You're fucking with me. I'm actually not 100% sure. Yeah, they about drive on the not. other side of the road, bro. They're kilometers. Wait. They, they drive on the other side of the road in England, too, and they're miles. They are? Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, 90, I'm, I'm like 99% sure it's, oh, it might be kilometers. I fucking drove there for like two weeks. I should know. That was also like 10 years ago. So whatever. You look it kilometers. up. Kilometers. Is it really? Kilometers. But the, And they're all, Anyways, you get one or two kilometers over the speed limit. The speed cameras will still give you a ticket and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. That's just they're lazy. just so like beat you down. Drive slow. Nanny state. Uh, according to Wikipedia, speed limits in Australia range from five kilometers per hour shared zones to 130 kilometers per hour. So 130 is like 70 miles an hour. That's 80, not bad. 81. Yeah. 81 miles an hour. Yeah. In the Northern Territory, four highways have 130 kilometer per hour zones. Speed limit signage in is in km per H since uh, metrication on July 1st of 1974. Okay. Good and to know. There were miles before that. Kumbaya. There you go. Now we've learned something about Australia. Everybody in Brap Talk learned something. Yeah, we did. That's that's the beauty of the show. It's the one fact that we've given out today. Uh, also, shout outs to Alex and Michael. Two of them. Michael just uh, text messaged me. What's he talking about? He's talking about like stereos or something. What's he talking about, Michael? But they both they both uh, renewed their ANR pros. They're nice. renewal guys with the little caveat like, hey, hey. we renewed because we want to support the show. Maybe they can help you out in your uh, stereo setup. But wait, is this like car stereo people or yeah. a house stereo? Yeah, yeah, They can help you out with your little head unit. That's what he's saying. Nice. He's giving me some ideas. I actually got a lot of a, a lot of good tips. I forgot about Crutchfield I, as a, as a I, source. That's I love a our listeners. We have just this nice, you know, mishmash of peeps. Some can weld. Some can't. And they I help each weld. other. I've I can't either. My life. I'm so intrigued by the idea of welding. I think I need to take lessons. I want to learn. The only iron fusing I do is in the gym. When he picks things up and puts them down, you I know? I pick it up and I put it down. 
I can't wait for us That's to have a little non-peloton style bicycling. I want these uh these big old thunder thighs these to, guns. to carry more I can't more weight. wait to just like drop like 50 pounds and just... This is why I know I need help. So on the way, on the way not to here, I was going, I did another uh, thing uh, for the shop before I came here, but an, an elderly person was in a minivan and it had run out of fuel. I'm not kidding with you, an eighth of a mile from the, from the gas station. So I hopped out of the truck with Taylor who works in Motocorsa and we pushed this thing less than an eighth of a mile. I breathed heavy for... It's work. 15 minutes afterwards. That's work. I was like, damn. I mean, I pushed it fast and hard, but still... I remember doing that as a kid and being like, I'm ready to go do something else. Yeah, I remember pushing it fast so and After hard that, I was like, too. holy shit, somebody feed me and sing me a lullaby. I'm ready to die right now. So anyways, all that to be said, my cardiovascular needs help. Get that VO2 max. Got to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I like it. Doing it and doing it and doing it well without breathing too heavily. Let's get, let's get out of the show so we let's can Let's get out of the it. show, man. Um, you want to tell people where they reach us? Uh, well, they get on the social media. And if they're on that Twitter, that Twitter face, that tw- if you're on the interwebs, if you're on the, if you're on the Twitter face, it's at we brap talk at brap talk on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook under the brap talk motorcycle podcast. You can find us wherever good podcasts are listening to or bad ones, whatever. That's true. I mean, truthfully, if you're already listening to us, you already know where brap talk is on a podcast <laughs> app. So, uh, if you do listen to us on a platform that lets you review and rate the show, do that. Um, it's it's always a good thing. It always helps other people find the show. Um, bu- 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 give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us some love. I think I got some new stickers coming this week. I should be picking them up hopefully tomorrow. T-shirts hopefully soon too. Waiting for some designs. Yeah, I don't know why I was put in charge of that. Um, You're the king dingling of the t-shirt world. Which is... As of now. Your idea. Um <laughs> uh keep supporting us on anr pro i love that thank you very much greatly appreciate it we had a couple of people being like this is burritos and mountain dew money right here hell yeah so we got a lot of burritos to eat well, i've got you a big leader of mountain, yeah, mountain dew. dew yeah um i think technically it means i have to reimburse you if they're paying us to get mountain dews and you're buying the mountain dews you still owe me burgers i do owe you burgers. okay first of all not my fault i've tried to get you burgers like three times now on a Monday or Tuesday and each time they're closed. Uh, I can't deal with like, I'm not open all seven days of the week. I need you to write to Jeremy separately and be like, dude, I lost a bet. Every time I try to feed him to pay my bet dues, you guys aren't around. There's been Saturdays. I try to do it. There's been Tuesdays. (laughs) I try to do it. There's been Mondays. I try to do it. Like I can't, I can't work on these. Here's what I say sometime this week, hopefully on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or Saturday, come to the shop. Okay. And then we'll either drive out there together or ride out there together. All right, fair enough. Can I take the KTM? You can do whatever. You can ride my Aprilia. You can ride the KTM. You want to ride, ride the Aprilia? I still haven't had a chance to yeah, do that. Ride the Aprilia. Because the one time we tried to ride it, it acted like an old Aprilia. It acted like it did. Uh, it did exactly what he expected. Yep. It it just, and none of us were spies. We're like, yeah, it does that. <laughs> Perfect Aprilia ownership <laughs> moment. Uh, all right. Good talk. See you out there. All right. Make good choices. Safety third. Bye. Bye. I thought that was Coda getting into something that's just her feeder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that should be a turnkey.